I'm highly favored. Say it again. Amen. There you go. We got to proclaim that stuff. Amen. All the time. <laughs> Twelve card. Why not? Unlimited, Jordan. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a child of God and highly favored. Amen. Amen. For those that walk with the Lord shall lack nothing. Amen. Amen. Shall lack nothing. I'm believing that I'm going to die like Caleb and Joshua with all my strength. Hallelujah. Amen. At a ripe old age when God takes me away. Hallelujah. God is good. All right. couple announcements. You guys got to see my wife. She's working on a Christmas thing. All right. She's going to give you all directions. We need some choreographers. I think she warned you girls already. Get ready with your church dance. Or however that goes. See, I can't dance. Do you remember the church dance? Got to get the church. Oh, it's a church clap or something like that. Hallelujah. So, so my wife is going to be looking for some helpers. So she'll get it all together and... Everybody's willing. Praise God. We all have our Christmas Eve service, like always. All right. And it's a blessing, always, every Christmas Eve. It's a, just a blessing to be with family. Huh? Yeah, sure. And then after this, we're going to have an offering in kids' church today. Amen? Amen. Okay, so... I've been praying and praying, and I've talked to some of you about the Christmas presentation. I don't know why I call it that. I, think, I don't know. But anyway, um, as I'm going through the music, and I'm playing it, and I'm printing it, and I'm like, wow, this is hard. <laughs> like, can we do this by Christmas Eve? And uh, so I've gone back and forth because I've also felt like the Lord just said to really rest through the holiday season, like trust in him, not lay down and sleep, although sometimes I do that too, (laughs) but rest in him. But so because we're this tight little body here, um, well... (laughs) tight here. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to share with you through the questioning and through the praying and asking the Lord and asking the Lord and asking the Lord and asking the Lord and starting to get stressed about asking the Lord and the timelines coming and can we do it and what should we do and we don't want to miss an opportunity to reach the community or the family and what if coronavirus comes and yeah. That goes on up here, right? <laughs> so uh, Chris and I, I, I still said, you know, I said, well, we're just going to trudge forward. And if we don't make it by Christmas Eve, it, the way the Lord's working it out, it's, it's a program that covers his birth to his death and his resurrection. It's kind of the whole story of Jesus and in a nutshell in music. And uh, it will definitely be, I think, something that will minister to people in a different way. Um, But anyway, so last night, oh, one of the things the Lord gave me, because this is what you got to look for, he gives you signs. He will give you signs. They can come in your dreams. They (laughs) They can be a billboard. They could be confirmation. (laughs) They could be an angel coming to a park bench in Utah and kicking some butt or a cow. (laughs) Um, So last night I was, oh, in my dream I had, (laughs) mom's laughing, like a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, when I was really, really first debating it, I had a dream, and all I could see 
were on this back wall were these big letters in gold. Debbie will laugh. Gold? I think it was Chris that was like, gold? <laughs> but um, they were in gold, and they said, behold. And I was, and I woke up, and I was like, behold. And I was like, okay, Lord. <laughs> he always sends me on, uh, I won't call them rabbit trails, because it's more like, it's more like, what would you say, like following a map, Jackson? When you follow a map and you follow the clues, right, Oliver? <laughs> so, behold was my first clue. And um, so one of the things I did was I said, all right, Lord. And so we do have to do that, have the words behold. Sorry, I'll hurry. <laughs> and, no, it all leads to something. <laughs> so... Then I began to look for songs with Behold. And um, so the Lord brought me to a song by Hillsong called Behold. And Annie, you're going to laugh so hard because in, I don't know if you've seen this in looking, if you've looked at it yet, but it also has the song How Great Thou Art in it. And she had sent that to me like a couple weeks ago, it touched her heart, and she sent it to me. So when I, when I saw that it was in that song, I was like, confirmation. So then Chris and I were practicing it last night. We were playing it together. He was playing the guitar. I was playing the piano at home. And um, we were singing it. Well, he's, oh, well, before that, he's out on the porch. He had come back from hunting. And um, so I'm in practicing piano. And he hears me, what did I say? Do you remember? (laughs) I'm like, oh my word, oh my word, oh my word. Because I came to the end of the song of practicing it and playing it. And it's so weird because it has the behold song and then it has how great thou art. And then it has this like little like poem at the end. And it's so off kind of everything else in the song. And I'm, I'm playing it and I'm singing it. And then at the very end of this song, it says, and so some of you will get this because I, I think I've talked to you about some of this, but all through the last, oh, five or six weeks, and more, but it was like a five and six week period. I ran ads in the penny saver. And I did them because I felt inspired by the Lord. I felt like He gave me these, and they were kind of weird. <laughs> They're kind of different. And we've had so many people, customers, people who don't come here, comment on them that they loved them. And that's what I felt like the Lord wanted to do, is speak through these. Well, the main thing in all of these ads, and it says it on every ad, every one, a couple times, it says, come home. Come home. Because I think that that's what the Lord is saying to all his people. He loves everyone, and he, you know, we, we have chosen him. He chose us first. But he loves everyone and he wants them to come home. And when you're in trouble and things are rough and any of you gone to college or even school and there's times where you're like, I just want to go home. (laughs) Right? When you, Chris says it all the time. He says he loves coming home. I'm so glad. (laughs) So anyway, That was the theme in the whole ads. And we really haven't had anyone come here because of that. So I just, I said, well, Lord, you know, I did what you wanted. And that seed is planted to come home. And we pray that you would manifest it. Well, so anyway, long story short, I'm singing this song. I come to the very end. And the last phrase is, The Lord will bring us home. 
And I was like, yeah, I like flipped out. I was like, because God knows, like, (laughs) I like the little clues. (laughs) Because I saw that and I was like so encouraged that we go forward regardless. Regardless of what we see with our eyes. Regardless of what we hear people say. Regardless of what's happening in our economy or in our government, regardless of anything, we keep moving and growing and going forward with the Lord. And we make sure that we always come home to his, his loving arms. And, that, and home, when you know Jesus, can be anywhere. It could be Anywhere you are, no matter how scared you are, no matter how upset you are, no matter what things look like, Jesus is our home. And uh, so anyway, I thought that was so exciting. And so we move forward, guys. (laughs) And so for the kids' church today, we're going to go practice our songs. All right, love you guys. Father, let's pray and let's take up an offering. Come on down, Grace. And we'll get the kids dismissed. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Did you get that song, honey, on there? No. Is that it? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's a different one. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you, Lord God, for today. I thank you, Lord, that you're in charge. And I pray, Lord, that you would have your way. I thank you, Lord, for your provision. I pray for your prosperity over your people in these times. That, Lord, we would prosper and be in good health because that's what your word calls us to. Lord God, help us to believe it and accept it and, and, and run after it, Lord God, with all our heart. Run after you with all our heart because in you, every, all the benefits we need are in you, Lord Jesus. I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for for your, this place. I thank you for what you're going to do in this place, what you're doing in the lives and in the hearts of people that are hearing this message. Lord God, I pray, Father God, and believe, Lord God, that you are doing great things and you are calling people in from the left to the right, from the north, south, east, and west, Lord Jesus. And we're just believing that in Jesus' name. And I just give you all the praise and honor. Amen. Kids Church. Muffin. We have muffins. Why don't we have a muffin break and say hi to somebody. And thank Sean who made muffins for us today. Blueberry blueberry muffins I heard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get a little bit of music. Uh Uh-oh, there it is. Church clap. Let's get some muffins. You going to go with Grandma? There he goes. Let's all say thank you to Sean. Thank you, Sean. They're very good blueberry muffins. All right. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up and get them there. Psalms 91. You can mark it. Be sharing that scripture. Psalms 91, Hebrews 1, and 2 Corinthians. Oh, what is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe. So if you want to mark them. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. So if you got your Bibles, you want to mark them. Those are the scriptures I'll be sharing with today. And the title of this message is, God is my protector. God is my protector. Can you say that? Let's try that again. God is my protector. Amen. Now let's say it like you mean it. God is my protector. 
There you go. That's what I'm looking for. You know what? When we say things and we vocalize things like that, you know what you're doing? You are proclaiming in the airways. You are putting the devil on notice and saying, listen, devil, God is my protector. That's why it's important that we verbally say it. So he hears it and he knows it. And you can tell him, I'm a child of God. God is my protector. Amen. Amen. One of the greatest things of God is that he is the ultimate protector and he is the ultimate shepherd. And not only does God leave the 99 to go chase the one, but I'm sure that God, before he leaves the 99, he makes sure that those 99 are in safe and beautiful green pastures. Because he's a good shepherd. And he's a good protector. Amen. Amen. He doesn't just leave them 99 off on their own. He knows where he puts them. You know, another great thing that a good shepherd does, and a lot of you girls that I know that have worked with the horses have this trait. And that is, a good shepherd keeps the flock calm. Keeps the flock calm. I've seen you girls work with horses like that. And you know when you're calm that your experiences around animals and horses and even dogs is much better than when you're tense, you're uptight. God, I'm sure before he left the 99, made sure that 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 99 sheep were calm and relaxed. And not afraid. He keeps the flock calm. Because trust me, he doesn't want his sheep to be scattered. I hope you guys know where I'm going with this. (laughs) The one thing a great shepherd does is protect his sheep. He leads them to safe pasture. He's not going to lead them where he knows there's lion dens or bear dens. He's not going to lead them into a lion's cave and think that they're going to be all right. One thing we have to do is trust the shepherd. We have to trust God. We have to believe that God is for us and that he is not against us. And that God is not against you. And that God has your back. Do you not think that God could call down a whole heavenly host of angels to protect you? Don't you think God can do that? He can. God can call down a whole heavenly host of angels to protect you. You know, I just can't help but think in my, in my mind right now of the scripture where Elisha come walking out of the house. And Elisha's servant says, Elisha, there's an army here coming to take you away. So Elisha walks out the house. And he's not afraid of the whole army, a whole brigade of army. That's a lot of men to take one man. But he wasn't just one man. He was a prophet of God. And Elisha said, look around the hills. And his servant was like, I can't see nothing but treetops. So Elisha said, let me open your eyes. And he opened the eyes of the servant. And what did he see? He saw angels that surrounded him all around the hilltops. And he said, look, there are more with us than of them. And what happened to that whole brigade, that whole army? They were blinded. And then Elisha led them to the king of Judah. 
You've got to remember who you are as a child of God. You've got to remember that God is your protector. You've got to remember that wherever you go, an angel usually goes with you. Did you know that? I remember one year I got from Christmas from Debbie. And it said it was a little bitty thing for, my, for our Christmas tree. And it says, don't drive faster than your angel can fly. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I have it. I have it up on my lampstand. But wherever I go, there's an angel that goes with me. And wherever I go, there's a God big enough to go before me. And that he's got my back. No matter what happens to me or where he leads me, I shall not be afraid. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? Can you say that? God is for me. God is for me. Who can be against me? That's right. If you're living a righteous life for God, then there's a hedge of fire around you that you don't even know of. There's angels loosed all around you that you don't even see. Why should we be afraid? We shouldn't be afraid. The Bible says it clear. The only thing we need to fear is fear God. And fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. We shouldn't fear anything that goes around us at all. I love this psalm. I want you guys to read this psalm this week every day. Every day when you get up. Psalm 91. Can you do that? Can you make that commitment to read Psalms 91 every day together as a family? To your children. As you teenagers, you're at the age where you need to start taking your own responsibilities and reading them every day. Amen? Amen. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror That flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor that plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked, if you make the Most High your dwelling. Even the Lord, who is my refuge. Then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. We have to understand that God is our protector. And that he is protecting us right now. 
And we have to believe it. Amen? That's a big hurdle for a lot of us. Forgive us, Lord, for our unbelief. Help me to believe. Trust me. All of us will be tested in this matter. And let me tell you, the enemy doesn't want you to believe who you are. He doesn't want you to realize who is inside of you. He wants to hold you down. His mission is to kill and destroy you. He does. He doesn't want you to have rest, and he definitely doesn't want you to have peace or trust or faith in God at all. I know all about this. This week, Julie and I bought home, brought home some Angus calves. I told you you would know where this is going, right? We brought home some Angus calves, and I thought we were pretty ready for them. Little did I know that we were pretty far from ready. Let me tell you. Those calves, when they got home here, home here, we put them in the pasture, and they were there all night long. They did good. I had, a, I had everything all set, everything they needed, water. Big old fat round bale out there for them. Had the fence, four strands of wire fence all the way around, electrified. Thought I was good to go. Was working on building a shelter for them. Woke up the morning, the calves were still there. Praise God. I thought things were doing good. Looking pretty good. So I went in about 6 o'clock, got cleaned up, ready to work after I did all my chores. Come back out and I go down and I tell the guys, hey guys, look at what we got last night. This is Monday morning. So we go up and we start looking in the fence. I look in there and I'm like, where did those calves go? So I start walking down the fence. Well, maybe they're laying down. I'm thinking they're sleeping down by that round bale. On the other side of that round bale, and I just can't see them. Go down around the round bale, and guess what? There's no calves there at all. At all. They were gone. Those calves went heading for mama. And let me tell you what. Me and our guys... You know, thank God I got a great bunch of guys that work for me. Because they went through hell on Monday. And when they got home, I'm going to tell you what. They never worked harder than they worked on Monday. Monday, we went up and down the hills here of Lord Hill. And our area where we live, for people that are on the tape, it's pretty hilly. There's ravines, there's drops off, there's inclines. We chased those calves up and down those hills all day long. And finally, about 2.30, we caught one of them, and we managed to rustle them through Mom and Ed's pond all the way back up here into the corral. And we got them all in there and closed in. We think, oh, thank God we got one. Now let's go get the other two. So we're down the road trying to get the other two. And then about 4.30... My son-in-law shows up, and he's coming down the road, and Sean comes up, and Jason comes down, and he's trying to help us, and right now we're through thickets, and we're in all kinds of thick stuff. I'm talking Florabunda roses. I still got scars on my legs from rose thorns, from running through rose bushes, wild rose bushes, and honeysuckles. It was terrible. And Jason comes down, and he goes, what can I do? I said, well, we got to try to get behind these calves and, and get them back to the house. But every time you try to get behind them, they just bolt around you. And he, then he looks at me and he goes, well, I won't tell you that the one you caught got loose again. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And he goes, no, that one went up the hill. And I'm like, oh, great. 
Not only that, but all day we were chasing those calves. We even lost one of my son-in-laws. He got lost in the woods. And he was in a ravine where he had no signal. This is no lie. He ended up way over on Crane's Nest Road. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to embarrass which one it is. But, you know, there's two here and it's not you two. And the other one goes to another church. So we'll narrow it down. But I'm telling you what. About Then it got dark and we had to give up. We had to give up because it was dark because these calves are black as night. They're black Angus calves. You can't see those things unless you shine a light on them and hopefully catch their eyes. So my truck was almost out of gas because we were going up and down the roads and hills. So when after dark, around 6 o'clock, Julie and I were like, well, you know what? i got to go down and get some gas in the car, in the truck, and we'll, go, we'll come back. It's probably, it was even later than that, I'm sure of it. And um, we get a call from the neighbors Hey, you got some cows loose? I just chased two cows up the hill of Park Settlement, and I thought they were bears. And I'm like, oh, Lord, yeah, those are our calves. They're loose. He goes, well, I got them right down here, and I called the sheriff's department, which we already called the sheriff's department to let them know. I gave them a heads up. And, uh, and actually, I went to every one. Well, you know, one thing you can praise God about these calves for is we went to every one of our neighbors. You know, I introduced myself and had to let them know that, boy, I might have to come through your property because I got some calves loose and, and they don't know boundaries. So I, I asked for forgiveness, but uh, and they were all great. Praise God for good neighbors. So anyways, we get a call from the sheriff. Hey, you're the farmer with the calves loose. I'm like, yeah, that'd be us. And we were, we were actually on our way back, and he actually pulled me over because I was so out of it in my mind that I forgot to turn my lights on my truck when I started driving home, and I had no taillights. I just had my little running lights on the front. And he goes, hey, you got no taillights. I'm like, really? This is a new truck? So I'm like, oh, and I looked at my switch, and I didn't tell him this. I turned it on quietly. I said, do I got them now? He goes, yeah, you got taillights now. I said, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right? So finally, he followed us up the hill. And then we get these calves are right by the road. And he's got his lights going. You know how cop cars have lights are flashing. They're flashing like crazy. And my neighbor's standing up there with a flashlight right in the cow's eyes. He goes, I think we can catch these things. They look pretty friendly. I'm like, yeah, buddy, we've chased these things all day long. You might think they're friendly. You know, they are friendly. They're not going to hurt you. They're just going to run from you. So he's like, I think we can catch him. And then the deputy sheriff's like, well, we got to give it a try. And I'm like, well, I'm telling you what. Our best bet is to back your lights off, turn them off. And our best bet is those cows were, I think, were going to make it home. I think they were on their way back on their own, you know. But because they were lost and they were worried. These guys are little guys. They're still looking for mama. So these cows, I thought, were on their way back. And, but I had to try, so I had to get my box trailer out because the deputy sheriff's there, you know what I mean? I'm not going to get in an argument with a cop. And I would not advise anybody to get in an argument with a cop. It's not good advice. You just, yes, nod your head and say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You be polite, right? Be polite and be honest, always. Goes a long way. So I tried, got the trailer Pull the trailer down, and then what happens with the trailer? A blue tire in our box trailer, trying to get these calves. So then I, anyways, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to tow the trailer with the flat tire home. I don't have the spare up here with me or anything for it. So I let the ramp down again, and I'm like, all right. They're like, well, throw some grain to them. I think they'll come up the hill. I'm like, these calves aren't going to come up the hill. You got your lights shining. Everybody's shining lights on them. They're, they're going to be more scared of this. Or we're better off to leave them alone and let them come back on their own. Well, but again, deputy sheriff's there. We had to try. So then I go back down in the woods, try to get behind them with my spotlight and try to usher them up. And those calves would want nothing to do with me. They turned around and they went right back. And this time they went farther away. So we were like, you know what? 
you got to bring it back. But I'm going to be honest with you. The whole time, all I kept thinking about was what did I do? And the enemy was in my mind telling me that you should have never got those calves. You weren't ready. It's your pride that wanted to get those calves. The whole time. And the whole time I kept thinking, I kept getting fearful. Oh, somebody's, oh my Lord, somebody's going to hurt. That's the other thing. Deputy Sheriff looks at me, he goes, geez, geez, you know, at some point we're going to have to think about a liability. I don't want you to see you losing your trucks, your trailers, your homes and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, oh, that's just great. So then, so then what do you think in your head? All this stuff gets in your mind and it starts brewing, right? And it's not of God. Right? None of it's of God. It's all from the devil. Right? So instead of taking authority like I know how to, instead of trusting God like I know how to, I start getting fearful. I go home. I'm about in tears. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm apologizing to Julie. I'm like, Julie, I am so sorry. I, I am so sorry. There's a lot of money right there. We paid for those calves. And I might as well just took that money and opened up my window of my truck and drove down the road and just let it blow away. Because I'm thinking I'm never going to see these things. We're never going to be able to catch them. And thankfully I've got, you know, I've called all my friends. People are telling me, you know what, don't worry. Thank God I've got good friends. Don't worry. They're going to show up somewhere. <laughs> all right. Well, they're like, they're gonna, he goes, like, they're going to be in either somebody's backyard or they're going to show up somewhere. And I'm just praying that maybe they'll get into the cows with the Kwiatkowskis and stuff. Well, the next morning came and I didn't hear anything. And I've got to run out to work. I've got to go up to Ithaca and receive an order of blocks for a customer and a job we're supposed to start. And I, and, and I, had, to, I had to get up there. So then I start getting calls. I got a call from the sheriff. Do you mind if we give your number out? I said, no, I don't mind you give your number out. Anybody calls in into the sheriff's department, you know, give them my number have them call me. So I get a call from a farmer in Cander, 10, 10 miles away. I got two calves here, two heifer calves. He's a Mennonite guy, really nice gentleman. He goes, the neighbor came up to me and he said, I, you got cows out this morning. He goes, no, I don't have any cows. I don't know how cows can get out of my fence. He goes, well, there's two little black Angus calves running around outside the fence. So thankfully, he just herded them right in with their cows and he brought them right into the milking parlor when they were getting, when they were getting milked and he separated them. So we got two caught. And I'm thinking, praise God, we got two calves. The next thing I know... I get another call. Hey, you missing a little black Angus steer? I'm like, yeah. Well, he's over here in Weltonville. I'm like, Weltonville? <laughs> where the heck out well, over where we go to vote? And they did the same thing. He went right in with their cows, and they brought him right in with their cows, and they separated them, and they kept them in a pen. And lo and behold, didn't God watch out after me? Didn't God watch out after Julie and I? All this worry and all this fuss for nothing. All that stress. All that devil chirping in my ear about these calves. Oh, somebody's going to get killed. Calves are going to get hurt. I was more worried about somebody getting hurt than anything else. Because you don't want nobody to get hurt. But the whole time the devil's in my head. The whole night, I couldn't sleep. I had, I'm getting, I mean, I woke up, I don't know what time it was. I was up at 1.30. I was up at 2.30, 3.30. I get out of bed. I'm thinking, I've got to come up with a plan because when these calves come back, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? The whole night I was in turmoil. I couldn't sleep. So I'm thinking, so in the middle of the night, I get down and I start ripping off gates to our horse ring. I start gathering all these panels, what I can gather to kind of like, you know what, once we catch them, we got to put them somewhere so I can get them in a trailer so I can move them into the barn. I got guys, I left two guys here Tuesday morning to go through with, all I had is some goat fence to go through. They're going to go through and put goat fence around everything so we can barricade them in so they can't go through it. You know, it's like goat fence is little square panel fencing about four foot high. 
So we were putting that behind all the, we were ripping down all the electricity and everything we did, starting to put up all this goat fence. Because I had to be ready, because obviously I wasn't prepared, and I wasn't ready. And that's another sermon, you know, how we need to be prepared. But finally, we caught them. And then graciously, we get a call from the people that sold us the calves. And they're willing to come down and help us. And I told them, I said, well, I just blew a, tra- I blew a tire on my trailer last night. I can't go pick them up. And you're like, well, we got a trailer. We'll help you. We'll get the calves. We'll bring them all back. We'll gather them all up. I've got to work till a certain time. When you're free, when you get back from Ithaca, we'll get together and we'll go out and we'll pick them all up. We'll bring them back and we'll put them in your barn. So thankfully, God willing, that's what happened. We gathered them all up. We got them in the barn. We got them. They're in lockdown right now. Those calves are in massive. They're in solitary confinement for, for three or four weeks. Because I found out that you need to get them in the barn and get them used to you and get them so they know you. And those are things I didn't know. I didn't do my research properly on it. But I learned But the biggest thing that I learned is, you know, I trust God with my finances. I know God's got me covered there. I have faith in that. I need to trust God that he's got my back no matter where I'm at and no matter what I'm doing. And you need to trust God no matter what you're doing and where you're at that he's got your back. And that you believe God for who God is because God is greater than all these things. That come against you. Even when you get into despair, you got to shake yourself and say, wait a minute. I'm a child of God. I'm highly favored. Things, things might not look that way at the time when you're in, in the midst of everything. But the biggest thing you got to do is put that helmet of salvation on your mind to keep it from running wild. Because my mind was running wild. It was running wild, thinking of all these crazy things. We got to know that we who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will rest. When we're dwelling in the shelter of the Most High, we will have rest. We will have peace. We won't have any worries. We won't have any stress. We can rest. Amen? Amen. We have to believe that God is for us and that he'll keep us in perfect peace for those that are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to go crazy because we are abiding. We are abiding. We are making our shelter. We are putting, we are abiding in his presence. Because God is my defender, and He's my protector. And all we got to do is we got to start believing that. No matter what happens, God is my provider, my defender, and my protector, and my healer. Amen? Because that's who God is. And we have to believe it and believe it and believe it. And we need to say it and we need to proclaim it. Because I'm telling you, it'll stop the enemy in his tracks. When you start proclaiming the word of God and speaking the word of God over your situation and over your circumstances, then things will change. We got to believe it and trust God. I went home and I'm thinking, you know what? My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's what the Bible says. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can bring back three lost calves. It's a piece of cake for him. That's nothing. Amen? Amen. And we have to believe it. That God is mightier than anything this world can throw at us. No disaster, no violence, no pestilence will come near me or mine or my tent. Amen. Amen. That's what we read it in Psalms 91, and we got to believe it. No pestilence, no plague, 
No arrow that flies by day or terror by night will come by my house or my tent. And you need to speak it. You need to speak it when you're driving. No, no plague, no terror, no arrow. You need to speak it when you're in your house. You need to cover yourself with the blood of Jesus, the helmet of salvation, to keep the enemy from getting a foothold. I let the enemy have a foothold in my mind. I was in the wrong. I did. Until I got in the presence of God and started speaking words of faith and started believing words of faith. Start thinking that, you know what? God will send his angels. God will send his angels to me. He'll send them to you. I, you know, I pray every day that God will send his angels to watch over this place, to watch over each one of you, to watch over our family, that they would prosper and be in good health. I pray that God would have his angels protecting us. Every day I pray that prayer. I pray that God will protect this hill, keep it safe, that there's angels posted guard here, that there's a standard that he risen up here in this place. Over our house, over Mom and Ed's house, over Jason and Kizzy's, Joe and Lizzie's, Annie and Jordan, Sean's, that God has raised up a standard and posted an angel. At each one of these houses, not only are they posted outside, but they're posted inside. Over Debbie's. Can't exclude Debbie back there. That's right. We got to start believing it and living it. Because God will send his angels to fight for you. For all of us family and friends, God's angels are around us. They're watching over you right now. Even as I speak, there's angels in this room. And you know what? There's many angels in this room. An angel is assigned to each one of you. Just like he's assigned to each one of those little kids when they're born. You have an angel assigned to you. And you have angels for certain regions assigned over other angels. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews 1.14, angels are ministering spirits. They're there to minister to you. Sent for those that will inherit salvation. Are you not a child of God? Are you not an heir? The Bible says we're heirs. You are an heir of salvation. In whatever situation that you are in, God will dispatch his angels to serve you. And that you are not alone. You're not alone. God has ministering angels out there serving you, protecting you. They are constantly at your side, and they are constantly warring battles in the spiritual realms that we don't even see. They're there to protect you. They're there to protect you against all false pretenses that sets itself up against you. Amen? It's true. Angels are ministering spirits. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 6. It says, By the meekness and gentleness of Christ I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid, but face to face with you, I, Paul, I am timid when face to face with you. 
But behold, when away, I beg you, that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be toward some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. See, we don't live by the standards of this world. We live by the standards of a heavenly world. And what we get caught up in is living in the standards of this world. Our minds get stuck on carnal things when they need to be focused on spiritual things. And trust me, it's not easy. Because the flesh is weak. But we got to keep our minds on Jesus, the perfecter of the faith. Keep our eyes on Jesus. And on spiritual things. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Right? You cannot fight a spiritual being with a sword. Unless it's the word of God. It's the only sword you got. Hold on. I'll be right back. I got to have a visual for this. And I've got one. Kids know it. They're laughing. See, it would do me no good if I started swinging this thing around at a spiritual being, right? You cannot fight the spiritual realm with the physical realm. Can you? It's heavy. Just doesn't work. Does it? No. We fight spiritual battles with our spirits. We unleash unleash the word of God. Unleash the angels. The warring angels that fight for us on our behalf. We stand firm in the faith. We don't get shaken. Like we sing on our song. We will not be shaken. We have to stand firm in the faith. On the solid rock. On Jesus Christ. On the cross. On the work that Jesus has done for us, on the blood that protects us and keeps us safe. But the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Divine power, your form of prayer, intercessory prayer has divine power. It moves the hand of God. You're warring in the spirit. When you're home, you need to be praying in tongues. Because that's praying directly to God. You cannot war against these things in the flesh. Because it's a spiritual battle. But we have divine power to demolish strongholds. Think about that. You're a stronghold breaker. What is inside you can break strongholds that the enemy has. I'm Right now, I'm going to pray, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that we come against any generational curse, any unholy soul tie that anybody has made in this place, that we would be set free to demolish strongholds that the enemy has held over his people for a long time, that they be broken. In Jesus' name. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what here, what does it say? And we take every thought, every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we take every thought that comes into our mind captive. And we say, no devil, I'm not going there in my mind. I'm not thinking like that anymore. No more stinking thinking is what Pastor Tom would say. I'm not stinking thinking anymore. Get that out of here. That's from the devil. Get out of here. Go back to hell. As a matter of fact, stay away from my friends and my family and my house. 
Get out of my house. Because I'm cleaning this house. And I'm talking about your spirit being. I'm talking about your spirit being. Your body is your house where Jesus dwells. Amen? You are the temple. You are a temple for the living God. Think about that. Each one of us is a temple for the living God. You are holy, set apart. You're a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God. That's who you are. So we take every thought captive. Any pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience is complete. Amen? Amen. We got we to gotta, we gotta recognize these things. We got to discern them. Discernment is huge. We got to know what's from God and what's from the devil because I'm going to tell you what. The devil masquerades as, a, as an angel of light. And the devil knows the Bible probably better than a lot of us here. You got to remember that the devil was in the throne of God. He ministered to the Lord. We don't know how long, but when God created Lucifer, the devil, he was the most beautiful angel. He had, he had pipes that were built within him for worship. And it says that he goes around as a roaring lion and he masquerades as a child of light, as an angel of light. So you've got to take everything captive to God in discernment. And you've got to be wise. Amen? Amen. What we need to do is not let our minds run wild. Just like I let my mind run wild. I did. I didn't take it captive and I had to ask forgiveness. Say, Lord, forgive me. I let my mind run wild. I let the devil let me know that I was in the wrong. I was in the wrong. I was in the wrong mind. We got to put the full armor of God on. Because in the end days, these devils want to keep you from claiming your inheritance. You know that? I really think that. I think in these end days, the devil wants to keep you from getting your inheritance. And that's his whole goal, is to try to pull you away from him. Pull you away from God. The devil does. Because he doesn't want you to know who you are. He doesn't want you to have what God has given you. He wants to take it from you. And I think he's jealous because we are made in the image of God. I really think the devil is jealous because we are made in the image of God. Pastor Todd would look at me and he'd say, every time I see you, I see Jesus. I'm like, praise God. Every time I see you, I see Jesus. You know, can you imagine if we had eyes like that every day? And every time we see somebody, we see Jesus. We didn't have any preconsumptions or thoughts in our minds when we saw that person. You know, can you imagine going up to somebody you really don't really care for or dislike and saying, and start looking at him like, you know what? I see Jesus. When I see you, I see Jesus. When I see you, I see Jesus. It'll change our whole thoughts, won't it? It'll change your whole thinking. And that's not easy to do. Especially for some people that have hurt us and have hurt your heart. Who have you trusted? You got to forgive them. We got to forgive them, church. We got to be thankful. I had to throw that in there because of Thanksgiving on Thursday. (laughs) Had to be thankful. Have to be thankful. Have to be forgiving. We have to show love to those that are easily lovable. But that's who we are. We're children of God. Children of the Most High God. Set apart a holy nation. And we got to believe it. We got to say, I'm a child of God. 
No weapon formed against me will prosper. God is the good shepherd. He's my protector and defender. I am made in the image of God. And God will dispatch his armies to surround me and hedge me in. And no matter what happens, I will trust God with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understandings in all my ways. I will acknowledge him and he'll make my path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 that was. That's what we got to do. And that's what we got to believe. Amen. So we got to believe. You know what? I'd like everybody to come up and I just want to anoint each one of you. If that's all right with you, come on up. I just want to anoint each one of you because you're a child of God. And we'll close with that. Amen. I want you to go out of here this week believing you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're highly favored. You're set apart. 